right, so do you want to actually start now? Uh, no. No, okay. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the very first episode of our podcast, and the podcast name is Jesse's Room. Uh, we did a pilot uh, two weeks ago from when you are listening to this now. And uh, if you want to get a sense of what we're going to be doing, then you could go ahead and watch that. Uh, it was on the films uh, Mamma Mia 2008 and Fight Club. Um, also, there is a co-host. Yes, hello, I am the co-host. Okay. And since Ben didn't introduce, <laughs> you want to say who you are? Oh yeah, my name is Ben, hello, I'm, I'm also <laughs> the co-host. I run the Twitter account. That's what I do. Yes. Speaking of Twitter, we have Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, um, YouTube, and Spotify, depending on what... And actually, we're on... I didn't even tell you. We're on several other places as well. Um, I believe Google Podcasts. I don't know what really? that is. Yeah, we're on. we're actually <laughs> nice. on several places. I, so many, I don't even know them all sufferings from success you could say um that was awful i'm gonna cut that um i also i also edit the audio so (laughs) um but yeah this is a um film discussion podcast um we just sort of pick two sometimes more sometimes less we will see but um films movies that we sort of thought would be funny or would go well together in a discussion. Um, and Rora, why don't you... Oh, um, the co-host's name is Rora. Yes, I am Rora. Um, oh, I thought I introduced myself. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be important, but... Um, a little bit, yeah. No, it's fine, it's fine. We're, do- we're doing fine. Um, why don't you tell the lovely viewers about what we are discussing today? Uh, yeah, sure. So we are discussing the recent Marvel film that was released, Black Widow. Widow. Wow, I just choked over my words there. Black Widow. Um, and paired with that is the... Is it 91 or 99? Um, <laughs> 99. I think it's 99. Yeah, 99. Okay. 99 um, film audition. I believe it's... It's a it's Japanese film from director Takashi okay. Miike, who nice. you... Some of you know, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Some of you have no idea what we're talking about. But that's that's the that's the gimmick of the podcast is that one person <laughs> likes Marvel and the other person likes Takashi Miike. <laughs> okay, that is just low. Well, it's true. That well, yeah, but not in an insulting way. Well, hey, that's 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 what that's our selling point right now. We gotta that's go. That's true. With that's it. true. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. But yeah. Um. Also, before we get too far in, make sure if you do follow us on uh, Twitter, or if you do have a Twitter, make sure to follow us and so that you can submit your questions, um, and we will answer them at the end of the podcast. Uh, usually these will be tweeted out in advance, but we somebody forgot. Somebody forgot to do that. <laughs> no, no, somebody forgot to do that. Yeah. Um, the, the, one of one of the co-hosts forgot to do that, and yeah, um, yeah. I just tweeted it. Uh, right now it's one thirteen. I tweeted it at one o three, so ten minutes ago, and we've already gotten one question. So, yeah, maybe we'll get a good amount of uh, traction going. But in the future, make sure you're looking out for that. 
so um yeah i i i say we are ready to jump right into the to the to the show all right awesome did you have anything specific you wanted to start off on or um well i'll, I'll let you intru- i'll i'll let you introduce this one i'll introduce the one after okay. because because um, I'm the Marvel fan, yes. Well, because you liked, <laughs> we each liked the the selections more than the other. That's fair. All right, I'll introduce it. So, um, Black Widow is not the origin story, but is the first solo film for the character Black Widow, played by Scarlett Johansson. And this takes place um, after Captain America: Civil War, which came out in 2016, and before Avengers: Infinity War, which came out in 2018. And it basically tells the story of how Natasha Romanoff has to go on this mission to sort of defeat the Red Room, which she already thought she had destroyed, uh, and along the way meets members of her past, like her family and everything. And it's a whole big like, it's just another Marvel movie, you know. It's like it has the whole like theatrics and the heartfelt moments and the action and everything. But uh, yeah. It's part, you know, this the fact that it's part of such a big franchise sometimes will, you know, sort of make it like hard to judge it or not judge it, but rather like view it as its own isolated like movie, um, which has its pros and cons, you know, because on the whole, on a on a pro side, you are used to these characters and you are familiar with these characters, and it's not nothing surprising really happens, but. Um, as a con, you know, it's sort of hard to take away from that and appreciate it on its own because you're so ingrained in this way of of um of like this film like world, you know, and so it's it's slightly difficult to sort of get out of that headspace. Um, but yeah, regardless, it uh it is you know a standalone movie, so to speak, in the franchise. Um, but yeah. Well, for me, um, I have no really like brand loyalty to marvel i i I kind of you know i don't i didn't really grow up watching these movies i didn't really um i have no like deep personal connection to it as a franchise i just view them as um a series of movies and um i think a lot of them in general are you know for what they are, they're incredibly adequate. I think they're very well competent. I would say, they they serve their purpose um, incredibly well for what they are. Um, but that being said, I I it for me, it's very it's very easy to sort of view these as just um, as you know individual films. So honestly, the thing that like I honestly I thought this was a pretty good uh, movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, but the part of it that for me is most Im- was most not important, but most um, impactful and like resonated the most, which I guess we can talk about first, was the actual like script of it. Um, like lately, I know you haven't seen any of the the shows, but lately Marvel has been like on their game <laughs> with uh, the scripts because they're just so like realistic. You know, like obviously like none of this is realistic. You know, they're all superheroes and everything, but. The older films, they were all like more um, too like like too what you would expect. You know what I mean? Like Captain America would have like the most like oh we're gonna fight these guys back. You know, it's very like not unnatural, but less like human and more like soldier like or like 
too perfect, like, you know what I mean? And lately, there's been a lot of, um, you know, like, interactions, specifically in this movie, um, where it's so much more natural and, like, it's it's much more, like, relatable. Um, I mean, one of my favorite parts was, uh, it was, like, a conversation between um, Yelena and Natasha, uh, the vest part. Do you remember that part when they're in the car and she's, like, talking about her vest and then she's like, you like my vest. I know you like my vest. And Natasha was like, yeah, of course I like it. And she just kind of goes, yes, you know, like, it's so human, you know what I mean? And it just really, like, the dynamic between all of them and the way that the writers... Um, wrote their characters it's just like so humane you know and like it really just like i loved it i thought it was so well done um and you know especially for like a movie with this like because i mean if you think about it the red room was like a horrible horrible place like it was really bad you know and it could have had so much more of like a darker aesthetic but like they kind of like broke up and like hid how dark the subject matter really was through um, you know, the dialogue and through, like, specifically, <laughs> mostly it was the scenes with Yelena, whether it was, like, her calling out, uh, Natasha for, like, posing or whatever, like, it was just, it was so funny, you know, and it kind of just, like, took you, like, back for a minute, and you're like, this is a Marvel movie, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be that dark, uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. I thought they've been doing a really good job with that lately, um, but yeah. Whoa. I completely disagree <laughs> with um right. pretty much everything you just said all right all um, right let's hear it. i thought this is probably one of the definitely one of the weaker marvel movies i've ever seen and i've seen all of them so i don't know why i said i've ever um anyway uh i, I haven't seen the television series which maybe i don't think there were any connections except post credit scene right no there's no connection yeah I thought the post-credit scene had something to do with something. The post-credit scene, the only thing that was as relevant was the lady um, who showed her, like, the picture of uh, Clint was in the show briefly. Yeah. I, I yeah. didn't know who that was, and I looked it up. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, I, I thought... Well, I, I think we should also... I, I saw your rating. Um, yes. And it was... I mean, I, I it's one thing, like, to you know, give it a rating, but I looked at the other Marvel movies and according to your rating, this is one of like the top like three or four. And so it I it is, yes. I believe so. It was definitely top ten. Um yeah, I gave it four stars. But no, it, I thought for sure this is probably in the my bottom four of Marvel. I, I, I thought this was really just a um well, I, ju I just thought that they they really kind of um, blew it with the potential of having a solo Black Widow movie, which they've sort of hinted at doing for, you know, 10 years or however long it's been. Yeah. And just sort of like, I mean, there's so much potential for, I mean, you, you expect, you know, Black Widow, it's going to be like a spy type of movie or something like that. Um and you know going back to sort of face the past because obviously i mean you kind of know where her character um ends up which was why it was kind of a weird time to do a solo black widow movie when you know what happens to the character in um the later films but um but no uh, i i just i kind of found uh, much of the sort of plot to sort of revolve too much around things which were I mean, incredibly dark, 
uh, especially for, you know, Marvel movie. And if they wanted to go for that sort of darker tone, I mean, it wasn't like too dark, really, but it was just like the things that they were implying. They just they tried to have it both ways, really. They were trying to have it be this sort of like a fun action movie for kids, sort of dumbing it down, not dumbing it down, but keeping it too, I mean, stupid, frankly, to be really like enjoyed as like an adult watching it because you you can kind of for like a lot of you know things which are you know primarily aimed for younger audiences you can go oh okay i mean of course that's kind of dumb but hey it's a you know fun movie i can go with it but with this i think usually they can find that blend very well but with this i thought it was sort of all mixed up which i think i kind of attribute to the um another big issue I had which was sort of just like it, it never felt like a Black Widow movie it, it yeah, felt that's like true. It, it really felt like there were most of it was establishing a new characters which I mean it's pretty much guaranteed all of whom will show up in you know future MCU projects and also just sort of like because I I, lo I I mean, I really like the idea that this is just sort of a standalone thing, which is what Marvel really needs to do um, right now. Just sort of building, you know, back up momentum following Endgame. But, um, well, plus a lot of the action just really fell short, um, especially like the direction was so um, essentially like non-existent. Like it just really felt like, I mean, they do this for a lot of them. But it just really felt like, you know, before they even have a script done, it just feels like they're, you know, already starting with a lot of the, like, CG visual effects and stuff, so that by the time they actually have a script, it's mostly just, like, stringing bits of over-the-top unrealistic action, which um, stems into sort of another issue of, like, incredibly, like, low stakes, really, because this is an operation which had already been existing for many, many years and would continue to exist had not uh, Scarlett Johansson sort of stumble upon it just by coincidence almost. It's like the stakes were really not established and nothing felt like there was consequence to the character. Like, she survives pretty much everything that's thrown... Like, she survives worse things than what she dies to in endgame you know so it's just like what why it, it just really deflated all tension for the um character yeah that i actually do agree with um but uh i i don't think i wasn't expecting that to be any better because again she was already dead um so even if they had like made her break an arm or something it still i think would have had the same effects i think timing really because, uh, like, I, I went into that thinking that what you just said, um, you know, like with the low stakes, but, you know, I, I just I don't think they could have remedied that except just making this movie like four years ago. You know what I mean? Well, no, I, I think that, I mean, any film should work alone as a film. I don't think like timing and, you know, franchise or no franchise, I still think that the film does like that. I don't think that's a valid excuse for a film having, you know, character issues with the, you know, protagonist, because even though we do know who this character is and, you know, backstory or some backstory, we learn a lot of backstory in this, but, 
um, and you know we know who this character is a lot about her. Uh, it, it's still as a film, it should still communicate, be able to communicate everything that it needs to, regardless of timing and things like that. Placement. No, yeah, hundred, hundred percent. I just meant like either way for me, it would have had the same. That's why I wasn't bothered by it is because she dies anyway. So if that was like a personal thing. I just, it didn't bother me so much. But no, yeah, you're right. I wasn't saying that. Um, but yeah. Like, I, I really don't love Marvel films as a whole. Like, I think there's good films. I appreciate it on a, like a, for what they've done in terms of like a franchise and a cinematic universe. Obviously, I, I, I respect and like, acknowledge all, all that it's done but i think the individual films uh as a whole the majority are you know i find mediocre um and this was just sort of one sort of tear down from the standard one like usually they're able to keep that like plot and they're they're able to balance the action the plot and the sort of um image of superhero film and they were sort of able to balance all of those together and with this one i felt like no all all of those aspects were weak enough for it not to be sort of it just didn't come together like the other ones that's fair i mean i wouldn't expect anything better from a non-marvel fan so you know that's an accurate well, assessment <laughs> i mean i i mean i mean i'm a fan of good movies you know like i, I have oh, no loyalty are you gonna have the whole internet against you well i mean i just don't have any sense of you know brand loyalty to anything i mean i like um a lot of the dc stuff i like some of the marvel stuff I, that doesn't make me you know that doesn't mean i like dc more than marvel that just means i think some of the dc movies are better than some of the marvel movies and i think a lot of the marvel movies are better than a lot of the dc movies those are just sort of the example because those are like the rival you know comic book companies or whatever and it's just like i you know we talk about adaptations and characters and you know pre-existing properties and stuff it all gets kind of muddied because i was thinking like my sister um and her friends tried to go and see this and they had seen no previous marvel stuff and they left like they literally walked out of the theater and i think snuck into boss baby um <laughs> because they were confused they had no idea what was going on and so it is kind of like it's an interesting time where it's like this property has had so much depth to it that now like the average audience member will suffer from not having seen i mean basically 25 plus films like it's not like even like something um i guess an example would be fast and furious like nine or whatever the new one is like you could if you're a diehard fan of the series like you could be like oh the new one's coming out i'm gonna binge watch all of them before but it's like with this you can't really do that with marvel because it's like literally so much like film they're just so much content that you would have to consume to like keep up and they usually are able to balance that but because this is sort of like a side thing prequel slash sequel slash in between thing it's like the average audience member really like their their enjoyment of the film would be sort of harmed by their lack of not seeing they're essentially being punished for not having seen the previous you know 25 or however many films which, I mean, there's nothing that you could really do to 
um, fix that really. I just think it's an interesting point that we're at. Like that's not really a negative. That's not like the film couldn't, you know, it's the 26th film. They can't really do anything about that. Um, but it's just an interesting point. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think, I mean, honestly, my friend for the last like week and a half pretty much watched all of them, like all the Marvels because she hadn't really seen any of them. So it is doable. It's just not something you probably want to do. Um, but more importantly, I think that Marvel realizes that because like, I mean, again, you haven't really seen the shows, but um, I'm pretty sure like you could watch all of those with like minimal knowledge of it. Um, of the MCU and especially all the stuff that's coming out like Shang-Chi the Eternals um, you know like all of those movies that are coming out are like completely new uh, um, additions and so I think that they've realized that uh, and I think especially after Endgame they sort of hit a point where like what more can you do now like with the original Avengers I mean yeah they still have Thor 4 coming out um, you know but uh uh, they've started to stray away from that, I think, because they're realizing how difficult it would be to catch up, um, you know, which I think is interesting because I, I think this is probably, if not the one of the biggest franchises, right? I think probably if you include all the different iterations of James Bond, I think that would probably be pretty close. But I think this is one of the biggest, right? Oh, you mean in terms of volume? Yeah, just like how many movies are intertwined with each other. I think um, this is probably, if not one of definitely the biggest, you know. Um, I I believe so. Uh, yeah. I I can't really think of anything other than that, but let me look. No, I think it's not it's not important. I'm just my point is is that I think that they're trying to take that into account is what I was saying. Like, and I think you're right. It is difficult to catch up if you're just getting into it. Um, you know, which always was like that was always a. Uh, a concern like even like all the way like five years ago you know what i mean there was like 10 movies probably at that point maybe like 15 um you know which is a a lot uh and they're like relatively long too they're usually like on average two hours um you know but uh but yeah so i think black widow probably is one of the last movies that's going to be so strictly um connected to the previous ones you know yeah. which is well interesting was frust even that is frustrating because there was huge i mean it, they could have easily had this be i mean they had minimal connection but it 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 didn't it never felt like just a standalone uh film about you know just a black the black widow character yeah. going off and doing having an adventure on her own maybe i mean going back you know the past is coming back to haunt her or whatever it never felt yeah. it felt way more you know forced than that really and it it really just sort of felt like a lot of it like to get these new characters in well plus the action scenes like were technically like a step down from a lot of the other stuff like it there were some really bad effects in this and the action like i already talked about there's no really tension because i mean i mean it, it it takes you out of the film essentially to see someone fall like seven stories and like land on cement and then just sort of like sit up like saying ow and then getting up and starting yeah. to sprint and jump out of a car and stuff and i mean it's one thing but well plus it's like she's just a human you know and yeah. she's not 
and in that specific part she wasn't even in like any armor or anything she was just in like i think civilian clothes even because she was trying to blend in or whatever and so like i mean there's a level of disbelief sure because i mean it's marvel it's a fun superhero movie but like at that point that's when you start like when that starts breaking down you start like noticing like oh she's not in that car that's very clearly second unit stuff or like oh that's really bad green screen and and it's just like all that stuff like starts to fall apart and you sort of start to like pick it apart and especially that's when the plot really starts to sort of crumble as well when you're not engaged and when you're not sort of um invested in all of the things that are happening the film has to keep the audience member engaged and when it fails to sort of deliver these things, I mean, that's when you start like nitpicking everything. And if it sounds like that's sort of what I'm doing, it's because I wasn't, you know, interested by the plot. And I felt that like it just didn't have, it didn't justify, for one thing, the runtime, which it's like almost two and a half hours. Um, and it just never felt um, like it justified really its own existence. I mean, on a certain level, like, you're right. Like, the, you're right with, like, the whole, like, stakes thing. And, like, the plot is not airtight. Um, you know, especially since they had to, like, fit it in between two very specific um, events. Um, but, um, yeah, I wanted to go back to what you said about the fact that this was more, like, not really a solo movie anymore. Um, because, I honestly, like, I'm a diehard Marvel fan. You know, I've I grew up watching these movies, but... Ever since, like, Civil War, I've always, like, it's not annoying, but it's always been kind of, like, irksome that they had so, like, as cool as everybody is, like, so many characters was just, like, I mean, like, Infinity War and Endgame alone were, like, probably, like, the highest, like, um, like, uh, speaking character count that I can think of, um, in, like, one scene, not, like, overall, but, like, in one scene. Um, but, like, I mean, Captain America Civil War is a Cap solo movie, but not many people realize that because, like, everybody was in it, you know? Like, that was supposed to be the last of, like, the Cap trilogy, right? Um, you know, and, like, ever since then, it's kind of been like, oh, we're just gonna get as many characters in as possible, which is cool to an extent, but it also, like, takes away from, um, like, that person, and I think that if they had, like... Like, as cool as, like, the Red Guardian was, and I loved his character, and I loved David Harbour, um, I feel like if they hadn't, like, gone to the prison to break him out, um, you know, like, that was just, like, I mean, like, the only thing he did really was bring them to uh, Rachel Weiss's character, and, like, after that, obviously, he fought and stuff, but the only thing he did to drive the plot forward, like, specifically, was take them there. Which she probably could have figured out on her own with, like, a day or two more of, uh, you know, like, spy investigate investigative uh, work, you know, which I, I, so I get what you're saying. It wasn't, like, the most airtight of plots, and it did have some parts where you're like, well, this is just, like, doesn't make sense, like, especially with the, uh, the action scenes. I, I do agree that, like, specifically the scene, like, when she falls out onto the cement and the girl, um dies for the first time not the first time the second time yeah that was definitely very um you're like oh that wasn't well, great no no, um, no no but it's not only that but then right after that like she gets up and sees that 
And then directly after that, she, like, starts sprinting, and, like, they drive a car, like, into a subway thing, the car flips over, and then they, like, slide out. Yeah. And it's just, like, at what point is, like, like, a line has to be drawn somewhere of, like, the point of realism and sort of being shattered, and, like, it it really does take you out of the movie, because it's, like, these aren't really, like, real character and then once that starts to fall apart it's just like none of the character stuff was really working either because these aren't you know characters that i really know anything about i mean i know uh natasha romanoff because she was sort of a side character in a bunch of these movies but i don't really know much else about all of these other new characters which are being introduced and they sort of that's why um Oh, the, because the film opens with that sort of 15, 20 minute um, flashback to um, their childhood and them fleeing the U.S., which that entire sequence could have very easily been cut and it would have helped the runtime a lot, I think. I don't think that really helped establish anything at all. Um, and instantly the horrible, horrible cover um over the titles um it's, it was just very bizarre it was a bizarre way to open the film because like you don't know who any of these characters are you kind of figure out oh that's natasha oh this is her origin it's just like everything and then everything that's set up is basically reiterated several times throughout the film and so it's like you very easily could have just like not had that that was sort of like the beginning of like a bunch of structural issues and like from that the plot is very much like oh we have to go to this place so that we know how to get to this place so that we know how to get to this place and hey it's our low point and we're being led to the big place and now that we're here we're going to do stuff and then the movie's over you know it just really felt like just not repetitive necessarily but just like bland really because the action that like mediocre to bad times and it just really wasn't engaging because it was just like okay after this action scene now we're gonna go to this place and wait until the next next action scene starts and it's just like i i i I think what i'm confused about is like why not like why do you think this is good but why do you think this is like so good compared to like a lot of the other ones well it's not well first of all I'm gonna go back to what you said before, but really quick. This is like ten. This I like check. This is top. This is like number ten on my list. So it's not top five. I don't know where you got that from. Well, um, just because I looked through um, like your other ratings, like. Oh yeah. Well, I I did I did actually list them because uh, I was bored. One oh, did day. you do a rank? Oh, okay. Yeah. Here I have that pulled up. Um, but uh, okay. but no, yeah. I mean, I honestly, I just I. I just I don't know why I liked it so much. Like yeah, there were there were major problems with it, but I've always been one for characters as opposed to story. Like if a character's really good and the plot's really bad, I can sometimes look past it and sort of be like, oh, this this person's really cool. Um, but you know, what but, but mean, what what was the characters like? That's I, I mean, don't... honestly I don't I just liked all the characters. Like to go back to what I said about like the interactions between them, I just thought it was really like. It was just, it made me, like, smile. You know what I mean? Like, it just made me, like, genuinely be, like, the real world. It's, I mean, obviously, it's not the real world, but I'm, like, the world is not so bad because even though these people are, like, almost dying every five seconds or not really, but, like, you know, it just, like, the interactions between them were so, like, 
I just, I don't know, like, that's just stuff that I would, like, say to, like, my friends or my sibling, you know what I mean? Like, the, them arguing about, like, how she, she's like, oh, I don't, I don't pose, but, like, I love that. It's just, like, it's so, like, it's, obviously you do, but you're, like, it's your sister, so to speak, but you're trying to prove you're right, even though you're blatantly wrong, you know what I mean? Or, like, at the end when, um, Elena does it, and she's like, oh, God, that was gross, I can't believe we just did it. Like, it's just so, like, it's, as opposed to, like, the sort of stiff, like, superheroes that we've been seeing not like stiff but like the always oh be good like even tony stark as sarcastic as they always wrote him to be he was so sarcastic that like anytime anybody exhibited sarcasm in any other thing they'd be like oh that's like that's like tony you know what i mean like it was just like it was always like too theatrical whereas like i don't know something about the dialogue and the way that they interacted to me just like was so like encapsulating that i kind of was like ready to forgive the somewhat unrealistic parts the majorly unrealistic parts um and the parts where sort of the plot fell apart uh because i was like i I always wanted to see what they would like say next i don't know it might just be me being weird but i i genuinely like really enjoyed their interactions like between all of the characters like even like um david harbour's character like the whole thing um like, all of his, like, dialogue, he was, like, made out to be, like, this, like, lovable idiot, you know what I mean? Like, he's, like, a, a bad guy, but he's, like, still cares about these people, you know what I mean? It's just, like, they were all just, like, to me, very, um, like, the chemistry, like, I, it worked relatively well to- together, and I just genuinely was enjoying it, and that was, like, the main thing for me that stuck out, which is quite different than all the other movies, which is why it was ranked so high, um, well, not so high, but, like, higher than most of them. So just the family dynamic, essentially? I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm a sucker for, like, family dynamics in movies, but, uh... It was just, like, it didn't, like, service anything, though. Like, it was essentially yeah, no, the parts you're talking about is just, like, idle dialogue in between the actual stuff that matters. Like, none of it felt very deep because you don't really know any of these characters, and they aren't really fleshed out at all like you said the david harbour character who was probably the best part of the film um like was just sort of the lovable idiot and i mean they added um the depth to the mother character was essentially that she was a traitor but also she really deep down loved the family and it's just like it, it it i other than that like sort of quirk not quirky dialogue but just like the dialogue they have together i don't if to me it was just like it 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 was essentially had no depth to it like it was just in service of the plot which was as i've already discussed sort of um sort of stupid (laughs) not uh, not stupid but um um it just sort of the whole thing started to collapse in on itself because it just really didn't amount to much. I mean, that's fair. I don't know. I just like, again, it wasn't the best movie, you know, like it, I genuinely did enjoy it. Like, I think also you have to view this as what it is. Like, you're not looking at like some, you know, indie like film festival winner here. You know what I mean? Like it's well, a Marvel movie, well, you know, I, I, view movies as movies i mean i'm not gonna give it a pass because it's a no no, no I, that's not what i'm saying i'm saying it's well, then... it's no I, well you didn't let me finish here i was going to say that if you step back from like 
the blatant like holes in the plot and the blatant just like this doesn't make sense it was enjoyable which is why i liked it i wasn't saying that it from a uh uh analyst lens it's like a phenomenal movie i'm just saying that i genuinely enjoyed it because i sort of was not really looking into the innermost aspects of it um and was sort of just like letting it letting myself watch it as a marvel fan and as you know just like a um, like a like i just i i sort of wasn't like picking it apart which obviously there were some major um major issues with it you know and i'm not saying there weren't i'm just saying that i've like personally enjoyed it um from a uh just like a, a, a movie like a viewer in general you know what i mean like a lot of people had similar issues to with it to what you were saying and i totally get them uh i mean like the scene at the end like i literally had to go to the bathroom and i was gone for like five minutes and they were in the same like setting i don't know if there's like a scene that happened in between but i left and they were in the office with uh Dracov, and then i came back and she was still in the office with Dracov. so like i get what you're saying like there are some major issues with it um you know which is why it's not like top three or you know it's not like my favorite one um but uh, well, for yeah, the, I for it the was... record, for the people who can't see the list, it's above Endgame, Infinity War, Guardians of the Galaxies, both of them. So, I mean, you're not, I mean, you can't downplay it as like, you can't. You well, no, like I'm not it. saying I mean, that. I'm not saying, I, that's what I'm saying. I did like it. I genuinely did. Um, and I think I more liked it just because, like, I mean, the big, the big cast movies are obviously really fun. And I, I loved Endgame. I really did. Um, and I also love Civil War, um, which is also below this. But I just, like, I, I always appreciate the solo ones. I mean, like, this is probably not a popular opinion, but the first Avenger, like, the, the first Cat movie is my favorite Marvel movie. Um, just because, like, I love the backstory. I love the solo uh, movies. You know what I mean? So I just genuinely, like, I like this movie. I really did. Um you know, not from a technical standpoint, just from like an enjoyment standpoint. Um, but uh, but I do get like the whole like um, the issues that everybody's been having with it because it, it is obvious, you know, that there were a bunch of them. Um, but uh, you know, I still think that it did a serviceable job, and it was definitely better than some of the Marvel movies. Um, so I, you know, I that's my uh, stance on it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, maybe it's just a me thing, I guess, but I, I just, I, I watch all movies the exact same way. Like, I, yeah, I, there's no genre, like, I don't watch things by genre. I don't watch things really by trailer, by actor, even really by director. I just watch, you know, films as films. And maybe that is just sort of to my own detriment, but, um, I'm not really part of a fandom in the same way that, like, I would watch a Marvel movie because it's a Marvel movie. I would watch a Marvel movie because it's a movie, you know? And so going into it, my only, like, expectations were, I hope this is a good movie, not, I hope this is a good Marvel movie about my good, my good fun character, Natasha Romanoff, you know, which is a me thing. I mean, yeah, but, um, it, it just really, um, it it felt, but I it, I I feel like I'm being too critical of Marvel as a whole. I really like, um, a lot of like the I think probably my favorite would, I don't know. I have to do a ranked list of my own, but um, no, I I really liked um a lot of a lot of the Marvel films, but it just felt like this one really just like 
was essentially low effort. Like it really felt like they wrote the script after they had done a lot of the like pre-visual effects essentially, which is a thing that they do by the way. They start those before they even have a script. But um and so it just really felt like uh it really just fell short. It just felt like there was so much they could have done with the character. And it all just serviced this essentially like non-plot where it's just like, I, I, it just, I didn't, I felt like nothing was learned about, there was no real character drama either because I mean, we already know this character, like we've seen her before and we've seen her after this film. And so it's like, we know nothing really changes in between those two points of time. Like the character isn't going to be changed by this film. And so I feel like because of that, they sort of shifted the, the emphasis onto the action, the other characters, the sort of drama, the sort of um, social commentary, which you could sort of dig into, which essentially was just like was painted as an overcoat onto this, like making the villain seem like an evil guy, which is like it, it, it felt re it felt really formulaic. Formulaic, that was the word I was trying to think of earlier when I was talking about the structure. Formulaic of just like, we gotta go here, now we're gonna go here, now we're here, these are our characters, let's go punch the bad guy in the face, because... I mean, like, that's true for most Marvel movies, though. Well, no, like... <laughs> but usually they're able to, you're engaged because the characters are interesting and have depth, and the conflict, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of them where the villains are just like, bad guy of the week but there's a lot of them where i mean obviously you're not going to have a thanos in every single one but a lot of them have you know interesting conflicts at least like and then a lot of and then even from that like it gets undercut by the just sort of dumb massive um like punching sequence like i think what was the it was black panther which had like really interesting conflict i thought it had a really good um villain uh with the um Michael B. Jordan character. I don't remember. Uh, Killmonger. Yes. I thought that, that whole conflict was really good. And then it just ended up for the last 20 minutes just being people punching each other on CGI rhinos, you know? Like, it, I feel like that's really becoming a, an issue. And I think this film just sort of fell into that as well. But uh, I didn't think there was really any redeeming parts of this other than some of the performances like we said um david harbour um as the red guardian who's the probably the coolest marvel guy ever that was a joke um it was pretty cool like other than that i mean it wasn't like a the worst thing i've ever seen it was still like i mean you you pour so much money into these things like of course like on a technical level it's not going to be like bad like i wouldn't call I wouldn't call like as a whole this movie bad. I definitely think it's subpar as a film and especially as a Marvel film. No, I yeah, I, I think you're right. Like a lot of the stuff uh, that you said, like you're just, there are issues with it. But uh, you know, I think that uh, overall, like I was able to overlook it from a certain to a certain extent. Um, uh, but honestly, I thought that all of the, like, this, whatever you have to say about the movie, I genuinely thought that all the actors did, a, like, a pretty good job. Um, you know, like, I, I really liked uh, Florence Pugh. Is that how you pronounce her last name? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, um, I really liked her performance in it. I mean, Rachel Weisz is, is great. Um, and I think Scarlett Johansson did a, pr I think probably this is my favorite 
performance of her as Black Widow, regardless of the script or whatever. She, I thought she did a, like a great job acting in it. I thought the actors were all like really good. Well, yeah, um, I, I, I didn't mean like I, I don't think that I think Scarlett Johansson is a great actor. Um, Florence Pugh, well, I just meant in general, but no, I don't think um, any of their performances were really uh, like not good. I don't. I, I thought those were. I think David Harbour definitely had the sort of best performance in this one for me but um no I, I don't think any of them were bad i thought florence Pugh had some moments which were not great but no i i don't want it to seem like i'm i i think the actors themselves are bad i just think they weren't really given anything to much to do anyway like they and i and scarlett johansson uh sort of didn't do great in the action stuff because a lot of it looked like she was again like second unit like stunt double stuff so other than that i agree i i, I did just want to say that like actors pretty good yeah is that it uh yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean we can rate it if you want but other than that i think that's it yeah well, I mean, my absolute favorite scene was right before they get captured and uh, <laughs> David Harbour's character starts singing American Pie. Uh, I love that scene. Genuinely was wholesome. Uh, 10 out of 10 recommend watching just that scene. Um, but yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. <laughs> I, I, for me, a lot of the humor fell flat, but that was mainly because I wasn't enjoying the other stuff. And so when we did like slow down for the humor, it was just like, didn't feel deserved essentially but um plus i mean i i just i don't know there was just a lot of like isn't it funny that russia bad and it was just like it, it, it got fair, old yeah. um or like isn't it funny that communism and it was like yeah that's really really funny but um like it 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 really just sort of i thought a lot of the david harbour stuff like the family dynamic was like there it just never felt like it serviced like in a different movie i think it would have been really entertaining i don't want it to seem like this doesn't have any potential um i just didn't think it really did <laughs> um that's fair I, I it didn't really do much with what they had uh i i thought that a lot of it just really um like i mean i'm just repeating myself but it just serviced this like non-villain of just like this guy who's going to like none of it really made any sense in terms of the conflict so much so that I don't even really feel like feel the need to discuss it. But um, just like the whole idea of like going back to face your past in this time where you can't like go to your new home. So you have to go back to where you came from and like that idea for a Black Widow movie would be really good. But from that, I just really feel like they kind of phoned it in with this one, frankly. It just sort of felt like, we have to make a Black Widow movie. We're going to make a Black Widow movie. What should we do? Oh, we'll bring in the Red Avenger. We're going to bring in all these Red Guardian. Or, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it just, like, really, it never felt like they were doing it because they had something to do. It just felt like something they had to do. I think that was sort of the main everything else just sort of stemmed from that. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean, we can talk more about like 
the villain and like the sort of meta to it of just like the sort of manipulation of women to do like the things that the evil big man guy is controlling them stuff like that but it, it really felt surface level like i don't know it, it was so like muddled in like trying to not explicitly say what they were doing that's almost like i feel like i can't even talk about it because i don't even know what they were going for you know yeah that was like the main issue i like that was like the big problem that i really like didn't like because the villain was just i honestly i thought it was i thought the villain was pretty bad um you know and i did i still don't get like the pheromones thing that was like really i was like that doesn't even make sense <laughs> i was like okay that's just genuinely not even uh makes sense but um that was yeah, I, I was full out like laughing at that part like, <laughs> yeah. but at that point uh, i was yeah. just laughing at a lot of the stuff but, yeah. yeah i also i didn't like what they did with taskmaster either like i mean like i i there's been rumors going around that taskmaster was going to be a female in this movie because in the comics um taskmaster was a guy which is fine i don't like have a problem with that but i just don't like the idea that it was like his daughter that she was that he was like mind controlling to be like ta like that was just kind of stupid i really so didn't that, like that see that's the thing like i didn't know i didn't like i don't know who the taskmaster is like in a comic like uh, i yeah. saw i kept seeing that character like reoccurring i was like oh wow that's like the big bad guy but like outside of like if you don't know who that is like outside of the film it's just like it it really didn't have much to do like it just felt like a total like throwaway like thing yeah it just really um there wasn't much like to supplement it outside of that like it really was building up to the villains and like their master plan or whatever and then it just never really delivered like it was all building up to that and then it never really did anything from that um and there's stuff like with the you know character dynamics and everything but it just that as well always felt like it was in service to this bigger plot which they just didn't deliver on yeah but yeah um uh i guess um we can keep talking a bit about the um sort of uh conflict um meta stuff a little bit more because that's sort of what we're going to tie into the next film uh, okay. because I don't know how much more you have to say. Um, no, yeah, I pretty much got through everything I had to say. Oh, there's another part where, like, um, the sister, uh, Florence Pugh, like, stabs this person, like, in the stomach in, like, the middle of the street. This is towards the beginning of the film when, like, um, she first gets, like, the red chemicals oh, you or mean... whatever. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, before she, like, defects from the red room or whatever. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. And she's, like, chasing down this person. And she stabs her, like... I, I think she, like, even slits, like, open her stomach. I was, like... This was early on in the film, so I was, like, oh, wow, this is kind of, like, a darker thing. Um, and then it's just, like... She falls, like, sort of face, like, down onto the concrete. And then, like, she flips her over. I don't remember quite what for... I think she was getting the, um... Get the, the chemicals, The chemicals, yeah. yeah. But, like, she flips her over and, like on her shirt it's just like torn and like i think it's like wet like there's some water on it and like that's it and i'm just like why have this like horrific violent part if you can't like 
follow it up with anything more than that, you know? Yes, that's what I was saying. Like, they're trying to have it both ways, and it's just like, why include that if you're not going to, like, actually go with it? And that was sort of something that was reiterated throughout the film, which I sort of attribute to, like, Disney being Disney, you know? Um, yeah. For another example, something that really bothered me was uh, the um, red guardian not avenger um like on his hands he had knuckle tattoos and i think in fact one of the like the first shots that we see him he's like arm wrestling a bunch of people and we see very clearly um on his knuckles the word carl with a k and obviously you sort of know what's going to be on the other hand but every single time we like we repeatedly cut to his hand um show always showing the carl side of the tattoo and you know what's on the other hand like you know what's on the other hand and in fact the only time we see that hand like in a close-up is like upside down and so it barely lasts for a second so you can't really see the marks but you can barely like they keep cutting to the carl one because they like want like they want you to see like they want you to kind of be able to know like that's what's on his hand that's what's on its hand but he, they never cut to the marks one and it's so like obvious and it's just like why have that if you like aren't going to allow the viewer to like see it and obviously that's you know disney's influence they don't want that in their you know marvel movie because they're disney and so it's just like but why have it in the first place but because you could very clearly like see they were kind of being cheeky about it but it was like you know what's on the other hand and they want you to know what's on the other hand but they won't show you because that would be that would be against disney's terms and service yeah and so that was another thing with the conflict or is just like trying to have it both ways of just like being fun kids movie like with sort of not like airtight david fincher plot but also wanting to have like darker uh more real world serious stuff in there um yeah I didn't like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Uh, should we do ratings now, or do you have uh, more yeah, to say? Oh, yeah, we can do ratings. No, I, I think I got everything. Okay. Um, I gave this film a 4 out of 10. Rora, what did you give this film? Uh, I gave this film, so we're doing out of 10. Um, I gave it a 8 out of 10. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Okay, um, we are an hour and 13 minutes into the podcast. Uh, how about we switch over to the next film of the day? Sounds good. You want to introduce it? I would. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. So now we get to talk about a film directed by a man named Takashi Miike. Um, this is the only film I've actually seen from him, although I know a lot about him. Uh, he is sort of, like, insane. <laughs> uh, he's directed, like, so many movies. I want to say, like, one year he directed, like, six movies just in, like, the one year. Like, he was sort of, like... And they're all, all of them are, like, such a range where it's, like, dumb kids movies all the way to, like, super... I mean, obviously you've seen the film that we're about to talk about, um, which is not a fil a kid's uh, movie. No, it's it's totally a kid's movie. <laughs> It is for the first half. Um, <laughs> but no, um, we are talking about the 1999 film Audition. Um, 
it I saw it recently uh, because well it, I'd been on my radar for a while um, but I watched it recently just sort of on a whim it was like two in the morning uh, which I thought was sort of good conditions for this type of thing and I was not disappointed. <laughs> uh, Audition is a film about a man who has been um, widowed, or not widowed, what's the male, uh, a widower for um, seven years following the death death of his wife. Um, he's just sort of a company executive type of guy, and uh, he has a teenage son, because this is seven years later, the son was sort of uh, just a little boy when the mother died in the hospital, which is the opening of the film. So it's not a spoiler or anything. Do not worry. I will not spoil the film uh, yet. Yes, spoilers and ahead. Ahead. You can keep listening for now. We will specify. But yes. um, so this company executive guy uh, being general. Well, he's a here, producer. He's a producer. Yes. That is that is a good specification. Um, he is encouraged by his son and his coworker to sort of get back into the dating world to sort of maybe try and remarry. And so uh, his friend in the sort of producing company, I forget what his exact um, position was, the friend, I mean. Aurora watched this more recently than I. <laughs> I think he well he was primarily a casting director, but I'm assuming he had some sort of like um, executive position in the company. Yeah, I think he was just also sort of a higher up producer. Guy. Yeah. Um. But anyway, he decides that in order to sort of find like to screen the best possible um dating compatibility for his good buddy, our protagonist, um. I don't know his name, but um, they decide to host a fake um, casting call and to for a fake film, basically. And so just sort of audition all of these women for the leading role in the film while in reality actually screening them to find like which one could be a potential wife for um, the protagonist. And... Uh, from there, he finds the resume of a young girl who's like, I want to say like, I don't know, 30 years younger than him or something. They give a name. She's significantly younger than him. And um, from there, things get epic. Rora, discuss yes. the film. What did you think of it? Well, uh, I was given insufficient warning when watching that, this film okay. that's not true <laughs> and, uh, it, it's real i forgot about it to be fair so i'm sure you probably did hey um, hey viewers this film is disturbing <laughs> if you want to watch it yes very disterbing not really uh, but okay it's kind of disturbing i mean it's the sounds in and of itself it's, was okay. made me want to throw up but <laughs> no i i genuinely thought it was it was pretty cool i i thought it was fun to watch um, and then it, it got fun? kind of, I, I was going to finish with, and then it got kind of hard to watch. <laughs> um, but, um, no, I thought, I thought the first like half, I thought it was a little long for what it was. I was like, kind of like the last like 45 minutes. I was like, Oh, I have to finish this, you know, like sort of, and then that thing happened and I was like, okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I thought that overall it was pretty good. Um, not my favorite movie, but I thought it was definitely something I hadn't seen before. 
uh, I liked the son. I forget his name. Um, I liked I liked his character a lot. Um, and also the 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 dad whose name I don't know how to pronounce, but it's like Ayama Ayama or something like that. Um, a A O Y A M A. Uh, if anybody knows how to pronounce that, but I, I liked their dynamic as well, uh, and I thought that that was sort of like up until like you know the whole big thing with uh, the girl. I thought that was like the best part of the movie, uh, but I I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I absolutely loved this film. Uh, I think the runtime boils down to it being a very methodical. Um, like it's building up very much with a purpose to this sort of last thirty minutes, essentially, and yeah. it, it's entire. It sets it up perfectly like beat for beat like exactly what it's building to is entirely intentional and i think if it sort of drags a little bit then it, it it's only so that that ending can have more of the punch that it does I, yeah which i was gonna say like like i would have preferred a little bit of a hint because like as much as it, i realized after the fact why they had done it in the moment, it was, like, slightly sloth-like to get through. You know what I mean? So, like, just, like, a little bit to keep it, like, going. But, like, after watching it, I get why, you know? But, like, just initially, it would have been, like, a bit easier. You know what I mean? Yeah, if you had sort of more of, like, a... Well, like, I guess there was just little clues or something. I guess it's it's more because you had no knowledge of what That's true. you were going into. Because... <laughs> You, That's true, you, the yeah. only reason you watched this was because I recommended it for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I went into this sort of not knowing that it... I, I mean, you can see the poster, obviously. You kind of know something weird's going to happen. But I, I sort of knew that this was, like, a disturbing thing. And so yeah. I knew that, like, something was going to happen. Um, but no, I, I really like the dramatic bits of the like for the first half. It's essentially a pretty straightforward, um, sort of like cheesy romance type of thing. But if you watch it with the critical eye, you can sort of recognize that not the critical eye really. I mean, this is I mean he's kind of not a great guy, <laughs> um, and so that's why I thought it would be kind of funny to pair this with Black Widow because of how like um it also deals with sort of the manipulation of women, which kind of, I felt was like what black widow was trying to commentate on as well as something like, like, I don't know, sex trafficking as well. It, it was incredibly muddled, but in this it's so subtle and it's so well done that in the end, it's just like almost hard to keep track of what you're supposed to take away from it. Um, yeah. But I think that if you like, put enough thought into it you get a really like interesting characters the two mainly it's just the, our protagonist and the person he selects from the resumes to be his wife essentially yeah actually i wanted to comment on the uh the character thing because like one thing that really stood out to me was the uh like the fact that like for the first not the the characters rather the the breakdown of like the the first half of the movie and the second half um because it really kind of, not bothered me, but it was like, I was confused as to why there were so many, like, very wide static shots that went on for long periods of time. Like, for example, one where, like, the camera was in the living room and they were in the dining room eating dinner. Or, like, um, 
I think it was uh, the scene where, like, they're, like, in the uh, audition room. Like, it would just, not, like, necessarily, but there's a lot of scenes, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, the really wide static shots um, that, like, were kind of, I was like, why is that? Like, this is just too long. But then I noticed um, after uh, Asami, which is the girl, first disappears, um, it's handheld is predominantly used, or it's at least more, like, shorter, closer, and there are definitely a a significant amount of handheld shots, uh, which I took as, like, this is a stressor, you know what I mean? Like a, like a psychological stressor, um, because he's sort of, like, becoming unhinged, like, with the whole, like, dream sequence thing, like, it just, like, it was slowly falling off the wagon, you know what I mean? Which I, I, after I realized why they did that i was like that's pretty cool you know like i I really liked that um aspect of it and like it really did help to like not help but it really emphasized the uh, breakdown of like the first half and the second half um and like that like sort of psychological like shift you know what i mean well i guess we'll just sort of get into the thematic bits then because i have kind of a lot to um i want to talk about with this um mainly because I don't know. I don't want to like say spoilers because I know a lot of people haven't seen this, and I don't want to like lose all of our audience. But also, I don't want to accidentally give anything away. I mean, it's kind of hard to not spoil anything about this yeah, movie you know, if you want yeah. to talk thematics. So from this point on, spoilers ahead. Uh, we'll we'll put the time code uh on the screen or in the description slash pinned comment to what uh you can skip ahead to if you haven't seen the film. Uh, and then I'll do that in post. I'll find out when they can. Yeah. Um, yeah. I We sort of learn about the backstory of the Asami character and sort of what her sort of background is and how and why she's doing the things that she's doing. Um, and we also have obviously been learning about our protagonist and explaining like, how and why he is doing the thing that he's doing and so in the end we just sort of have these two characters that are crippled in the ending literally by what their limitations to their character how one is sort of manipulating romance to sort of fit him he doesn't really view women as like autonomous people he sort of just views them as like an extension of how they relate to himself like there's um the side character the receptionist like he clearly doesn't really care that much about her except for it's hinted that they might have had like an affair um and how that sort of is a strain on her relationship she's about to get married and also he sort of basically just ignores the um housekeeper who's another sort of reoccurring character and that's why i think a lot of it also, in addition to sort of a commentary on, like, manipulation of women, etc., which definitely has its uh, thematic place in this. But also, I think on top of that is sort of the performances that you put on in daily life. I think a lot of it is about, like, acting and how he does... I mean, he puts out a casting call and he does get an actress. I mean, even though that's not really what he's looking for. I really found all of that incredibly interesting, as well as... Uh, a disturbing like psychological thriller on top of all of that and so that's why I really like this just really connected with me plus it was two in the morning 
when I watched <laughs> it. So um, that definitely was a part of why I liked it so much, probably. But I found it all to be a really well-constructed, like meticulous, I think is the good a good word, like methodical like structurally i mean like not in terms of the story but in terms of how the story is structured i thought that it really built to an exact point of what the filmmaker wanted to portray and everything along the way culminated into a certain point with the ending having the two characters ending up in the same place crippled bleeding etc yeah, honestly, the, the one I have, I when you were talking, I realized like something that I forgot. Um, uh, honestly, like I, there was a kind of a plot hole in my opinion because like the whole movie hinged on him picking her out of like what was it like thirty? Na- Actually, no, he had to pick thirty girls out of like hundreds of of people. So like that's like a very small chance, and the whole movie hinged on him picking her as one right. of the thirty, which. I mean, like, what would have happened if he's just like, eh, I don't like ballet, like, dancers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, they, they literally could have, like, the slightest, like, thing with her um, application could have been an immediate, like, no. You know what I mean? But this isn't, like, an ultra-realistic... It's allegorical more than anything. No, I it's know, I know. I'm just suppo- saying like, it's that was, like, the only, like, slightly, like, uh, that is kind of not, like... That's, well, like, yeah, a bit of a... I think that it works in thematically like i don't think that's like i think that's very much a conscious thing where it's like he is able to pick this person who he thinks is like deeply relating to his sense of like oh this is some this is a lot of things that like i am feeling that's another thing it's like relating to himself more than like empathizing with what she has gone through in her letter he's like oh this is sort of relating to me and so reading that sort of just being, you know, the one in, like, a thousand, let's just say. Like, that's sort of, like, the cheesy expectation of a romance, of just, like, oh, I just happened to spill coffee on your paper, and I just randomly saw it, and it turns out we're perfect together. And it's just, like, that subversion of that into... No, no, I, yeah, yeah, I get that, but my point is, is that from his point of view, yeah, that makes sense. It's, like, the classic trope. But from her point of view, she was doing it just to... To basically be like, oh, you're just like everybody else, so I'm gonna do this to you. So how did my my question is, how did she know that that would work? You know what I mean? Like how, like why why did she know what to write that would get him to pick her? That's my issue I had with it because like, you know what I mean? Like that part is like slightly like like it makes sense if she were to genuinely not have done what she did to him. You know what I mean? Because then it's like the typical like romance trope, but because she was she had an ulterior motive for for it. It's not, it doesn't like logically make sense that she would know all that stuff that he would like attach to without having like done research or him on whatever, which wasn't hinted at at all. But you're viewing this as more of like a, like a miss, like a realistic thriller movie, where it's like this care, her character isn't meant to be taken literally. I mean, this is entirely essentially allegorical well, not allegorical but i don't think you're looking at it in the right light i think that she isn't necessarily supposed to be this person who is like you know methodically that's what i was saying methodical in terms of the filmmaking not really like she's some sort of you know mastermind like she is just sort of like represent 
representative of like the idea of the dating pool, the idea of the submissive housewife that he has in his mind. Like she isn't really supposed to be this like genius. She just represents what he like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like it. it no. Yeah, she, I get she, that. I'm not even saying that it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying like, if we're, if we're nitpicking here, like I like I, th- I thought it was good. I thought it was well done movie. I don't hate it. I'm just saying like from a like I'm looking at this with a microscope lens, microscopic lens, that part was kind of out of place because everything else was so like consistent and like yeah, I get it's like allegorical or it's like metaphorical, whatever. But like in order to have a solid metaphor, it has to be consistent and it has to make sense, you know, and that for me just didn't make sense how that could be a thing. But that's like a very small detail like it's almost negligible but just you were saying something and it sort of triggered that that thought um you know which is why i brought it up in the first place but uh and that's what i was saying i get i get the whole allegory thing and i get what it's supposed to represent i just within that representation it felt a little off for me but that's that's about it yeah i still feel like it's i mean kind of commentary on just like connection in general because it's just like you only have like the idea that you're going to meet someone who you are perfectly compatible with. Because that sort of echoes the part where he's talking about where, like, everyone in Japan is lonely, like, Japan is lost, essentially. And so it's just, like, that idea of the one person in the sea of just, like, lonely people, and that being just, like, the one person as a representative of just, like, she could have been anyone, you know? That's what made it sort of so powerful for me. Or not powerful, but just, like, that's what made it feel like what it did because she is just the one in a thousand. She is just sort of, like, it's not... I really... I don't think that she, like, studied him and, like, wrote that letter specifically for him. I think it's more of, like, an allegor... Not... I keep saying allegorical, but I think it's, like, she is just sort of like represents everything that he views in like what he's after yeah no i get that like honestly before i even knew what this was about like i even wrote down like how like it was such like a feel good like the first half of it was like such a feel good like um vibe you know what i mean like i was like i was like oh that's that's nice you know like i was kind of i was like genuinely like and that's why it didn't like stick out at first. Cause I was like, oh, you know, it's it's the thing, you know, it's it's nice, it's fun to watch, it's wholesome. I like it, you know. I liked the uh, the relationship that they had because it seemed so like they needed each other and like sort of like you know, cause she was she had nobody. He had his son, but he needed like a companion, you know. And it was just genuinely very like nice. Like they worked well together. Um, and I did like the fact that she turned out to be some, like, psychopathic character. I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, but, like, I... Again, it's not a very big issue I had with it. I just... If we're nit, nit to nitpick, essentially, because there's not technically much wrong with this movie. Like, it's a good movie. Um, that's just, like, the one issue that I had with it. You know, but uh, I, I genuinely did think it was... A very thought-provoking movie but also very interesting um to say the least well yeah it's kind of funny like you talked about how like for the first half it sort of feels like a sort of feel-good movie or whatever that they are like yeah. a happy relationship but like the funny part is that like you kind of th- the more you think about it it's like oh they that isn't a like happy 
relationship. No, yeah, like, that yeah, yeah. Shouldn't have felt good. And that I think like that's the sort of purpose of making that like ending so over the top, like horrifically violent. It's like yeah. sort of almost like a punishment for the audience for like feeling good about that, you know? Like mm-hmm. it like it was all very subtle, you know? Like he isn't yeah. really a, like a, you know, hugely like scummy, slimy guy who's like trying to, you know, like do all these awful things all the time. Like he has a son, you know. He, you know, isn't like awful to people. Like he just seems like your average guy. But the more you sort of think about it, the more things you like see in his like subtle actions, you know, the things he doesn't do more so than the things that he like actually does do, um, sort of does build up to that point of like, okay, maybe he is getting not what he deserves, but he is getting something that he himself like started. Like he led to this point. And like, in addition to that, um, the character of Asami, the only thing that she really knew how to do was sort of respond in that way in terms of like violence. Cause she obviously had a pretty horrific past, pretty unclear exactly what it was. Uh, but she was clearly abused throughout her life by one man, perhaps several different people. It sort of changes since it's in like a series of dreams and sort of contradictory um, information is given as it progresses. So, um, but either way, it sort of like builds to these two characters doing the only things they really know how to do. And so in addition to being like commentary about um, the sort of like, um view of women and stuff like that it's also just commentary about like relationship in general human connection in general and sort of just like the performance you put on for other people whereas um being like the relation of being an actor in like a daily life which i just thought a lot of that was really interesting and I, I just really love the ending a lot. Um, I thought that really tied it all together for me. Yeah, the ending was definitely... Um, I mean, like, I figured something would happen, you know, but I didn't think it would be that. Um, I honestly, I don't really like the fact that, like, she also... Well, I don't know if she died, but she was definitely, like, paralyzed for or severely injured. Uh, I, I, I wanted her to win, <laughs> you know? Like, I wanted her to get out of there. Um, obviously not hurt the kid because he didn't do anything, but, um, I thought it would have been cool if she, like, walked away because it would have been, like, some sort of, like, because she won the first time or whenever, like, she has the other guy, you know what I mean? So, like, she or won the first she, time. We don't, we don't really know well, that, that's though. true, yeah, that's true, that's true. Well, it leads us to believe that she has the first guy, and I thought it would have been cool if she had won again because there wasn't anything particularly, like, hero-esque about the main character. You know what I mean? He was just kind of like an average middle-aged guy. Uh, you know, and I thought it would have been cool if she had sort of walked away from it. Not unscathed, maybe, but definitely victorious. Um, you know, because... So I was kind of like a little bit disappointed that it didn't end like that. Um, even though it was like... I did like the symbolism of both of them, like, bleeding out on the ground, unable to move. Um, and regurgitating, I, that, like, the lines that they yes. already said to each other. Yeah, that I, I genuinely, I, I really, I, that was, like, the, the one part of it that I did like was sort of, like, the That's the one part of that what you I like? Meant. 
No, no, about no, about the ending, <laughs> about the ending, about the ending. Like the way that turned out um, was like the symbolism of what happened, even though she didn't win. Like I thought it was very poetic, um, and like sort of like a nice like not callback, but like essentially a callback to like the relationship they had in the beginning, which was like obviously it wasn't good, but like it sort of was like symbolic of these things don't really change you know what i mean like it's sort of it's always going to be like this it's a cycle that's incredibly difficult to break out of um you know and i just i i thought it was very even though i didn't like her not explicitly winning i thought it was a nice way to wrap it up for what they decided to go with you know well no i i I think i i thought the ending was perfect um i i think having her win would be too like over the top because essentially it boils down to like some of the earliest examples of the genre known as torture porn essentially which would be sort of solidified by the saw franchise um in the coming 21st century but um that sort of just like really over the top i think it would have been too much even just for the audience's sake like outside of thematic and like um story purposes like it would have just been sort of too much to have her continue and it's just like it's not that he our protagonist deserves like what he's doing because it's it's way more subtle than like your traditional like um i spit on your grave like revenge type of thing where it's like the girl is going to come back and like get revenge on the you know the horrible abusive guys where it's just like it's much more subtle and it's much more layered and so i think having her explicitly win would be sort of contradictory to that like subtlety um so i guess i did sort of loop around and talk about thematic stuff but you know what i mean yeah no i i get what you're saying like i I think it really just depends on how you view the concept as a whole because like i i think that like i just like again with like the cycles thing i feel like it would have thematically made more sense had she had one um but i also i did i i didn't hate it i just would have preferred um her to walk away from it but like i did think that they did a good job with the ending and i think that for what they were trying to do it it worked you know like i i didn't i don't not like it i just i would have preferred the other version um you know but like i get what you're saying and it does make sense and it was good like it was well executed i just think it would have like for, like, continuity purpose of, like, keeping this theme, like, this is going to keep happening, you know, like, she she explicitly says, like, you're not the first guy, or, like, or, like, the, everybody does this, or something like that, you know, and so, like, like, she says it in the film, like, she actively acknowledges it, you know what I mean, so. I, I think you're, it's, that's looking at it too literally still, because I think. No, no, having, yeah, yeah, I know. With having her win, it would be, or with having her like both of them be paralyzed that makes it more contained on its own because that means that like she's not going to because technically we don't really know anything about what she does yeah that's Um, true most of it is metaphorical most of it is in service of the thematic stuff of the sort of psychological stuff more so than it's like oh he's uncovering some like crime serial killer lady and like the ring is like being finished around him it's like Mm -hmm. he it's essentially the only thing we know in this universe is the protagonist and his perceptions of um the past of the asami character and having her sort of it's almost like a 
fairy t- not a fairy tale but just like sort of a classic like moral not fable almost where it's just like it's entirely contained it's not like a traditional like narrative mystery structure or even like a psychological thriller structure where it's like or horror structure rather it, it, it is more of the psychological but it is not um sort of the mystery thriller or the horror thriller structure where it's like you have your very definitive beginning and ending um and everything in between is sort of serving rather than like to engage the audience it's more concerned with keeping the story and having the audience become naturally engaged as we sort of disassociate more and more with the main character and sort of understand what is sort of playing out as we watch the film. Yeah, I, I liked this film a lot. I I added it to my pool of favorites, 100 favorites, meaning that it's in the top 100 films I've seen of all time. Which is top 10%, right? Because you've seen like a 1,000? I've seen like almost 1,500. We're getting there. Almost to the 1.5K. But... <laughs> Not yet. So yeah, I mean, probably uh, over um, or under top 10%. But yeah, it, it was quite a good movie. No, I, I mean, like, I, I thought it was all right. Like, it's not like my favorite movie. I think technically it was much more well done than I enjoyed it, if that makes sense. Um, like, I appreciate it more technically than I did, like, enjoying it. You know what I mean? Mm. Um you know, which is probably why it's not, like, as highly rated for me. Um, but, I mean, like, I I did genuinely think it was really cool. And all, like, the action and, like, the violence, I think, was really well done. Yeah. I yeah. definitely liked the thematic stuff more so. Well, I mean, that's just what I sort of prioritize in film and stuff. But, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, uh, do you want to do ratings now? Uh, yeah, I gave this a 7 out of 10. Um... I I gave this a ten out of ten, baby, a mas- masterpiece. Um, okay, we're already two hours into the recording. Um, let's look at the questions now. And so it's okay. Uh, which movie has the most memorable dialogue? Memorable dialogue. Um, yes. Hmm. I think. Boogie Nights is pretty, has some great dialogue. (laughs) Um, I like all of the uh, Paul Thomas Anderson stuff. I think he's a really great writer. Uh, I like all the Kaufman stuff. Uh, Coen Brothers stuff as well. I I always find that entertaining and stuff. I mean, Tarantino kind of goes without saying. But if I had to pick one, I would probably go with uh, Hiroshima Monomore. I think... Uh, Marguerite Duras, uh, as you say it in French, um, is probably one of my favorite writers. Um, I just finished her um, book, The Lover, last night, and it's probably one of my favorite books, if not my absolute favorite. And so, yeah, I, I, I would say Hiroshima Mon Amour, uh, written by Marguerite Duras. Nice. Are you going to go? or? Oh, well, no, I I can go. I mean... You haven't seen this movie, but definitely most memorable memorable dialogues is um in Bruges, and I was vividly reminded of that when I rewatched it yesterday. Uh, it's got great dialogue, and I quote it all the time. Um, so yeah, that would probably be 
memorable, my most memorable one. All right. Well, we're yeah. already two hours, ten minutes in, and I want I. The, yeah, we should probably idea, cut it. <laughs> the idea was that it would be ninety minutes, but well, we're gonna have to cut a lot of it out. Um, a lot, yeah. My silences. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, this has been the podcast. Hopefully, we'll have more stuff to talk about. Um, quick, we gotta decide what we're gonna do next time. Okay, we've come to a decision that we were <laughs> going to do a yes. favorites episode because it's still early in the series of podcasts. So to get to know yeah. us a bit better, we're going to be talking about um, each of our favorite films of all time. And mm -hmm. the only way the only way you get to know um, what that will be is by following us on Letterboxd and seeing for yourself <laughs> uh, what our number one favorite films are. Um, you can find me on letterboxd uh letterboxd.com slash real um links in description if this is on youtube and stuff um i'm also on twitter at uh underscore ben um instagram who cares about instagram uh <laughs> youtube search chance a lot links in description rora who are you uh, well, I also have an Instagram because I actually like Instagram. Uh, it's, uh, my username is Whiteman A. Art. Uh, the, uh, Jesse's Room podcast Instagram is just called, um, Jesse's Room Pod. Uh, so go check out that account. We usually post updates to what's going on. Uh, maybe we'll start doing, like, suggestions for, uh, films or questions or polls or whatever. Uh, depending on the traction that everything gets. I also have a letterboxd. Um, I don't know the link, but my name was... Uh, Rora was taken, I believe. Uh, again, on YouTube, link in description. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. See you in the next one where we... Oh, we're doing these every other Friday, by the way. Yes. We should have said that at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, probably. Who cares? They'll figure it out. Every other Friday... <laughs> Um, yes. depending on when we edit this, we're recording this on a Wednesday. So anyway, I think it'll be done by then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I, I can edit today, but yeah, that's it.